The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. I will do it with my spear and magic helmet. Your spear and magic helmet? Spear and magic helmet. Magic helmet. Magic helmet. Magic helmet. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, TV, and anything else we feel like talking about. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we have lots of things to talk about, but we always like to talk about, you know, what we're watching. Yes. I want to talk about Only Murders in the Building. Have you heard have of you that done show? Some? Oh, yeah. I love that show. <laughs> no, I have not committed murders in my building yet. Yes, yet. We- I got to admit, over the years, there has been temptation. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure every New Yorker who has lived in, in an apartment building has probably had that urge. But yeah. I, I am a big fan of the show. I believe we're in season three now for those of us who started. Uh, but but where are you in the, the series? I'm almost done with season one. I got to say, I was surprised at how good the show was. I got to be honest. I was going into it. Eh, I'm not a huge Steve Martin fan. I'm a big Martin Short fan. I always mm-hmm. have been. There's something about the guy that just cracks me up. He's over the top. He's ridiculous. He plays these great diva-ish characters that aren't even supposed to be diva characters. But you could tell through this show he's improvising most of the lines. And I'm surprised people are keeping themselves straight. And Selena Gomez is really good. Oh, she is. She's like my favorite thing on there. She brings those guys down to earth and just the her delivery too. the way she's, you know, and she kind of underplays it a little bit. But you can tell that she's also having a very good time. She's just not going to show you how good of a time she's having. It's a great show. I mean, the thing I love most about the show and I recommend it strongly for people who especially live in New York, because it's one of the shows that when they do get outside, outside of the building, because it's based in a building. And of course, it's about a podcast, at least the first season. I don't know about the second or third season, but the first season is all about the podcast world, which makes me laugh at how right they got it. And I can actually identify the, some of the characters that they're, you know, ripping on and they hate, well, they, the characters love, but there's certain characters that hate true crime podcasts. And those of you who know me or have followed me on social know that I cannot stand true crime podcast. I really cannot. But then again, if you want to pay me to make one, I'm more than happy, you know, just contact me at headstepper.com, Pedro at headstepper.com. Yeah, she'll cut it together for them. I'll make well, it, and- I'll produce it. I'll even investigate if you want. Yeah, but well, part I of this is a parody it. of the whole true crime it, thing. And they do it, it wonderfully. Absolutely. They do it really well. It's hilarious. It's surprisingly moving and emotional occasionally, you know, like you'll get caught up. And I especially love the fact that they don't give away everything right off the bat. It's not exposition. You know, you do really peel away the onion of the characters and you get to really it's like, like a novel. the characters. They don't it tell is. you everything in the first chapter Absolutely. and you go through. And the I'm a big fan of the 
soundtrack to it, which is just, this, you know, it sounds like it was just like incidental music, but it really ties together the show very well. And I love the composer's work. So it's, and I downloaded both seasons of uh, the soundtrack that I think they've released just to have on as background music. Because yeah, if you're absolutely. writing, you're doing something, it's just this very nice piano based little score in the background. It's so. really a well, I, I'm, I just finished watching an episode that was l- pretty much entirely silent, you know, like there was like the hush no episode dialogue. of Buffy. Yeah. There was no dialogue or, or, or practically none in the episode and whatever was there was subtitled or, you know, closed caption, whatever you call it. And it was just really effective, just really interesting how they did the sound design for that episode too, because it wasn't necessarily completely quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who's in the biz, as they say, I kind of really paid attention to what they were doing with the soundtrack, with the music and with the sound effects and the sound design in the background. But it's just a really well-made show all the way around. Yeah, they have lovely locations in New York, too. You walk by. Well, And it's based on this big building on the Upper West Side. And they've merged the names. Yeah. I don't think it's Yeah, well, I think they they use the Belnord as the exterior shots. But for people who do not live in New York and don't understand the whole co-op apartment house or just even the big apartment house lifestyle co-op boards are sort of little individual fiefdoms and they can do what they want and and they're self-governed and they're set up like a legal corporation. And if you buy an apartment in the building, then you're a shareholder and it it, it gets very business-like. It's not your traditional uh, tenant and landlord uh, situation. And And it's pretty unique to New York too. Yeah. And they, they do really well with a lot of the dynamics and weirdness of Mm co-op boards because some co-op boards can just be little fiefdoms and will rule you know however they want and and they can do it uh, that way so it's they they capture some of the uh, more strident personalities that one might find (laughs) on your classic new york city they do they do the characters are really accurate and you know and they're accurate in their that when they're out and about in New York, which I appreciate because that really takes me out of a movie that's based in New York when, you know, they're on like Columbus Avenue and then they take a turn and they're on Wall Street. I really hate when they do stuff like that. And Yeah. Or they pretend in New York and you see a Canadian mailbox in the exactly, background. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's Tor- We know it's Toronto people. We can yeah. tell. Mm-hmm. We can tell. Anyway. Anyway, I'm sure so that, there was some kind of tech news out there this week. There, there was bits of tech news. The Your old friends of drones popped up oh a couple boy, of times in my here feeds. We go, yep. well, well, let's start with the more gentle drone news. Because we know they were getting ready to, the, they were trying to get FAA permission to do deliveries for out-of-site deliveries. And Walmart and Amazon and, and all these folks who want to be able to send purchases and things to people via drone, skip all the traffic to just go by air. Walmart is actually working with Alphabet. Remember the Google Wing project? Project and then Google became Alphabet. No, it's Alphabet Wing. They have gotten permission to fly up to, I guess, six miles from the stores. There's a couple of Walmarts in Dallas. So these wing drones will be delivering products over up to six miles away in, I guess, the Dallas metropolitan area. I assume there's a weight limit and hopefully some safety precautions. One does not want to get pummeled by the gravity of a package of Pampers falling out of the sky. Uh, yeah, no, you don't want that. Trust me. Yeah. Don't so, ask me so, how I know that. You don't want that. Yeah. So, so, so they're, but they're, they're slowly working and, and, and the drones have been quietly, you know, they've been doing stuff in the Outer Hebrides and delivering things from remote parts of Scotland and getting their permissions to do so. But very slowly, we, we kind of forgot about them during the pandemic, I think, because everyone was inside. And then yeah. when they were delivering, they were helping people and delivering medicine. And so, yay, drones, you were doing good. Yay, drones. Yeah. The, the more interesting 
drone story, if one could even call it a drone. It was in the New York Times very recently about, basically, it's a very big, expensive government drone called the Valkyrie. Let's name things after those winging women who yeah. picked the slain warriors off the battlefield yeah. Uh, yeah. to Not go scared. to Odin's Valhalla. Yeah, the, I don't know where they got that name. Yeah. Anyway, so this Valkyrie, it's a pilotless experimental aircraft, if maybe is what the Air Force wants to call it. Some will call it a drone. But it's driven by artificial intelligence. And so the thing, it's this big, I think they're like $3 million, but... It's an AI-driven experimental aircraft. Death uh, well, machine. Not yet. I mean, we haven't gone full All Skynet. Right. Okay. But, uh, but they've been testing that. The Air Force has been down testing it because they're realizing that a lot of people who are not friends with the U.S. are mm-hmm. have, you know, missiles and bombs and things and things that could take out planes and ships. And yeah. so the government is realizing, well, maybe we need more unmanned aircraft to go in and do some of this stuff and maybe cheaper so we're not having our really expensive jets possibly shot down. So so they've been working on these prototype next generation drones with the AI and death machines. Yeah, well, eventually. Eventually. Well, right right now though, I think they're just using for scouting and seeing, but they've been testing them down at Eglin Air Force Base down in Florida's Gulf Coast and the Times. That's a very long story about the Pentagon's history with software development and technology and all that. And I found it because we've seen even the drones that are flying in places where we are at war, where they are being commandeered by Air Force folks with joysticks uh, back in, in a command bunker somewhere. They're not actually out there. And, and it has created a very video game-like feel, except these yeah. drones are actually dropping bombs and killing people. So this is sort of yep. the next level where there, there's not even a human with a joystick controlling this thing. It's running on IA. It's got sensors. It's looking and gathering data and figuring out what it should do from there. So so that that was a story that caught my eye, and I, I think I'm going to keep an eye on this program. Are, are you still feeling n- no love for the drones? No love for the drones, and especially AI drones. No Valkyrie for you. No Valkyrie for me. Death machines in the sky, basically. Um, that's all I'm saying. That's yeah, all I'm saying. And, well, and, and all these AI, I'm sure they're doing uh, different algorithms, but all of these stories that have come out about how the more the, the chatbots talk to people, they get dumber or they can't mm-hmm. do math as well. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen to the military? Yeah. So so we'll just keep looking. But happier thoughts. It's almost September. I mean, I can't believe how fast the summer went, for one. But the Apple event on September the 12th, just looming, even though we don't care about it, Apple's getting busy to unveil whatever. And the guy who always gets all the scoops at Mark Gurman over at Bloomberg was sort of poking around. And I don't think it's going to be immediately for this year, but they're finally going to revamp the iPad, which, as you know, has been kind of static for the past few years. Yep. And not to mention a very convoluted product line in the iPad, the iPad Air, the iPad Pro, the iPad, right. the iPad Mini you can kind of figure out because it's smaller. But I think a lot of the, the specs were getting lost on people and some of the screen sizes were exactly the same. So unless you burrow into the spec sheet and say, oh, it's got this kind of screen and a slightly faster chip, then, then it's basically the same as this other one. I think they were not helping themselves with a clogged product line. And they haven't really done anything, I think, since 2018 in terms of design. Um, you, know, you know, they've padded the chips and the camera and all that. But, but there is a talk that they're going to uh, be adding 11 and 13-inch screens. Um, and those M3 chips, we talked about the M3 chips the last right. time. So, right. so getting some more under the hood there. And I think they're going to go to the OLED super nice uh, screens there, which um, some products had already had, but uh, the, the iPad has been kind of lagging. But I, I hadn't realized it, but even though 
a lot of tablet sales just in general have, have sort of tanked. You know, the iPad has just been really kind of... It's the lowest selling product, I think, in Apple's main line of products. Uh, wow, really? Because well, people either buying bigger phones and you don't really need a tablet or the tablet craze are over and they'd rather just have a laptop and a phone. And what do I need this intermediary thing? And all of the work that they thought Apple was going to do where they would make it more laptop-like, you know, like Microsoft has done with the Surface things, then it would be a little bit more functional. But no, they've still been very firmly desktop versus mobile yeah. operating system. I think they're also going to revamp the Magic Keyboard, which for me, I bought an iPad last year and looked at that keyboard and I thought, well, it's kind of expensive. And then I just end up going, I like those Zag cases that have the built-in mm-hmm. keyboard with the Bluetooth because yeah. you protect the screen. It it doesn't have as many features as your Magic Keyboard and the shortcuts, but you know this is perfectly fine. I just want to have something to type on. That's right. It's got a little slot if I you know have the Apple Pencil with me for whatever day, and it protects the screen. So I'm fine with a hundred dollars AG case myself. I, I know I'm hopefully not dissing the Magic Keyboard fans out there, but you know for me, you know we buy for what we need. So ha- have you gotten bored with iPads? Yeah, you know what? I think it's time for a new iPad, but I'm still digging my eye. I got an iPad 4, I believe. Yes, an iPad 4. I had an old iPad Air. Like you said, I've lost track of what's what. So yeah. I believe this is an iPad 4. Does it turn on? Okay, it it's turns fine. on yeah. and the pen works. That's pretty much all I needed to do. But I have to say, in terms of tablets, Samsung has got the iPad beat. Oh, yes, you are a fan of the Galaxy hardware. I really am. The, the ta- what is it, a Tab 7 is of the tablet that I have right now. I've had it for years. The sound is incredible just coming out of the crappy little speakers. I mean, whatever they've done, AKG, which is uh, Samsung bought AKG, the Aust- Austrian company, many years ago. But they provide the sound and the earbuds for it. And it's just an incredible sound. The screen is fantastic. It's an OLED screen. And this was years ago. They picked it up much earlier than Apple did. And the form factor is right for watching films. So, you know what? I don't... I'm not missing the iPad so much. I'm not missing the iPad. I mean, I use it, but for specific things. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to consume media, read comics, watch a movie listen to music even, I'll use my Samsung tablet. Yeah, the apps are much smoother, much better on the Apple, on the iPad, no question about it. But if you can work around some of the hinkiness of the Android apps, then you know what? The experience is just as good, in my opinion. And, yeah, and the hardware, hardware is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it's just fantastic. All right. So so we'll see what they announce coming up September 12th. One thing they did announce after years and years of fighting it, uh, Apple is going to support that California state right to repair bill. Uh, you know, the, the guys that I fixed have been pushing this forever. Amazing. And I'm, Apple, I, honestly, I'm shocked. Yeah, they did have a few caveats. They wanted to have some language in there to the would have to say that these are not official manufacturer parts or whatever. They want to have some designation that maybe third-party parts were involved. And Apple also did not want to have to do documentation for repairs and all that. It's fine. You can do your stuff. We won't get mad. Remember how they used to get freaked out when people would jailbreak or yeah, they would attempt yeah. to fix them themselves? And then if you did anything, it was immediately out of warranty or they would not. They wouldn't, they wouldn't even look at it if they thought you'd messed with it. And uh, now they're like, okay, you can repair, but we're not going to write the, the instructions for you. And, you know, everyone who's selling replacement parts has to say that these are not, you know, genuine Apple parts. They're uh, third party. 
But they, but they finally stopped kicking and screaming that. So it's OK. We're getting a little progress here. Maybe they realized that people were just going to other brands or something. And instead of having their Apple thing break and having an expensive repair and not being able to do it themselves, they would just Absolutely. switch to another company. So that might I mean, have something to do with it. I mean, come on. The bottom line is it's expensive hardware. You can't upgrade it. It becomes obsolete after a certain amount of time. That's bad business. That's just really bad business. You are going to alienate a significant portion of the people you want to sell these things to. If you can't, it's just insanity. And the idea that people aren't going to buy, it makes no sense. It just Yeah, the planned obsolescence business plan, I think, was just making people angry. Let me tell you, the, the thing that annoys me the most is I can't put more memory, more RAM into my MacBook, and that drives me batty. I know. Can't I miss those it. old days where you could just pop it off. Yes. And, uh, can't do it on my Apple Mini. Can't. Uh, it just really annoys me. You are not a fan of sealed chassis. No, I am definitely not. So I, I, honest to God, that's one of the reasons why I'm holding off on the Mac Studio. Uh, granted, you know, the whole M3 chip, because why am I, you know, maybe if I wait, I get an M3 chip. I mean, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know what kind of games they're playing. But I can't do anything with the, I can't upgrade. I can't add RAM. I can't change the drive. That's craziness. You will have your Apple product and you will like it just the way it is. That's exactly the vibe. That's exactly the vibe. That's not cool, man. Yeah. So maybe the right to repair will open up some doors here. Let's hope. Yes. So you're their old friend, the cloud, who I know you- you, I'm all in. You you become fonder with the cloud. Oh, yeah. I'm all in. Yeah. Remember how Dropbox had this unlimited cloud storage and- Yeah. Terabytes upon terabytes. Yeah. But that was a pro thing, right? Yeah. It was their top tier plan. Well, they've actually decided to cap that at five terabytes because I guess people were abusing the all you can store plan and and putting all kinds of things up there. That's why we can't have nice things. That's true. So so they've said, okay, we're limiting this to the five terabytes. They said it's enough space to save 33 million documents. So I guess all of the giant video files people were storing up there, maybe they're going to run out of space there. But no, I'm betting it's data miners. Yeah. Folks doing uh, crypto crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's some of that in there. So so that, that's the news from Dropbox. You remember the CNN plus that yeah. thing that they were like, hire all these people is going to be this big thing. Yeah, it lasted like a month, maybe. Yeah, it lasted tops. 30 days. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, so that went away. And then they got rid of that guy at CNN who had sort of mm-hmm. had very strong opinions about how the company should be run and fired a bunch of people and people stopped watching CNN. And then this guy got whacked. So, so now they're back because Warner Brothers Discovery is the owner of CNN. They announced that they are going to have a 24-7 news uh, channel called CNN Max. So streaming? not plus, it's Max now. Yes, yeah, streaming. It's going to have live programming from CNN US, CNN International, some original programming because they do have a lot of personalities. But yeah, seven days a week, 24-hour CNN Max because I guess Warner Brothers Discovery because they had to call HBO. It's just Max now. And so it's yeah, CNN it's Max. Max. Yeah. Everything's so, Max. Uh, yes. So, so they're doing the Max treatment to CNN, I guess, since there is going to be some political events happening oh, within yeah. the next couple of years. Maybe they thought that more coverage might be good. Although, So they pulled the plug after 30 days on CNN Plus, and now they think now is the time because of upcoming elections to do a 24-7? Streaming? Yeah, for streaming, yeah. The regular cable station is always on, even though... It gets a little repetitive after a while. But yeah, and they're going to create, I guess, or maybe 
edit together special shows, you know, just for the Mac service and then probably tap into the live feeds from the other state. The BBC is kind of doing the same thing since they merged their world news service with the regular BBC. And they've also got this BBC Select streaming thing now. So I think it's a way to kind of, you know, repackage stuff, get some things in the streaming market, not have to put a lot of outlay because you're drawing from your regular cable things that you're doing anyway. And then just have, and they call it Max. Um, Max. Yeah. So, so yeah, and I I have not heard if it's going to be a subscription-based thing, which was the other thing with CNN Plus that they were going to charge six or ten bucks a month to have all of this news flowing through your TV. So I don't know if it or if it'll be bundled if you get like the formerly HBO Max, which is just Max now, and you have your CNN Max next to it, and then what's going to be next? What else are we going to max out next? (laughs) One must wonder. Um, One must wonder. Yeah, so but, but rolling on, and, you know, we, I've got a, a couple of little bits of gaming news here before we wind up. Because I know you, you are an Apple Arcade guy. Is that am, your yeah. streamer of choice? Me and the kids, yeah. Yeah, well, well, Amazon, I guess, I had forgotten that they had done a gaming service, but they had Amazon Luna. Yeah, so do, do you play that on any of your... Uh... I have to be honest, I did, but their offerings were less than stellar. Perhaps so. paltry? Paltry is the word I was I would choose. Yes. Yes. So, so well, it, it, Amazon Luna. I don't know how they're doing on software. They seem to be leveling up on the hardware. They've cut a deal with LG Electronics to be launched on the LG Smart TVs. I like a good LG TV. They do very nice screens. They do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yes. So if you pr- go and, and buy one of these new LG Smart TVs, you could have the Amazon Luna built right in there. I don't know if that will appeal to a lot of people, but something if you are a, a fan of the Luna service. Yeah, but if you do get the Luna service or the Luna TV, you better get the Luna controller. It's actually mm-hmm. a damn good controller. I wish it was a little more. It played well with other stuff. It's, it's, uh, a, it's a really proprietary. good controller. Yeah, they got a little bit of that proprietary thing going on, but a damn fine controller if I do say so. And winding up our little stroll through the news here, this is a pure straight-up Generation X story. Because we were going to talk about Atari. I guess they were doing these replica 2600 cartridges for all those games that we all got really excited about back in the 70s. Oh, yeah. And early 80s, and people were like, okay, we got the cartridges, but what about the console? So they are actually uh, releasing a, a retro version of the old console for 130 bucks. Um, I believe complete with the fake wood paneling and then the four knobs on it. Yes, yes. But yeah, it's the Atari 2600 Plus, not Max, Atari 600 Plus. Plus. So for 130 they'll have a cartridge slot that'll uh, be able to, you can just plug your vintage and modern Atari 2600 and 7800 cartridges in there. You can get the old CX40 Plus joystick for 25 bucks and the paddle controller also for 40 bucks. Remember those old yep, hardware yep. Oh, yeah. bits. So if you are so desperate to recreate your childhood and play these games that... In retrospect, we're fairly simple, engrossing at the time, but when you compare it to Call of Duty or the Zeldas or a little primitive, but warm and nostalgic to our hearts, these games are out there. So you can have your little trip back to the 1970s there. And I I guess a lot of the old games that people played are available on these cartridges. One thing that is sort of honking off the true game enthusiasts is that these cartridges are emulation, so you get that little bit of lag when you play an emulated game wow. as opposed to straight up so that's not that, i don't know what yeah i don't know what you know if you, how much speed you were expecting because it's the atari 2600 but apparently the lag was enough that people felt compelled to complain about it so honest, it, let's be honest would you have bought this thing would you buy this thing 
Probably not. I mean, I, I look fondly back at my 2,600 yeah. days. and yeah. It was nice. And, and it was a little piece of my tech childhood. But to go full retro, just to go back and play that tank game or yeah. Pong or... Asteroid. Yeah, the Warlords game. Probably not. I know it's apples and oranges, but I mean, I turn on my Xbox, I get 4K, 120 frames per second lifelike, realistic environments, open world environments. It's kind of hard for me being a Gen Xer, and I am Gen X, no matter what people say. People. People. People out there saying things. Yes. I, I just can't go back to like 8-bit, you know. Well, it's like stick figures <laughs> compared to... Yes, it's... I mean, I can't imagine. And then kick, connecting that to my to an HDMI port on my 4K... <laughs> Yeah. It's, okay, I understand that it's a nostalgia thing. It's a retro thing. But you know how I feel about nostalgia. I am not a fan of nostalgia. Mm -hmm. It has its place. But you got to move on, folks. The yeah. Atari was great in it its was good. time. It was formative. It Wonderful was. games, except for that E.T. one that they buried in the desert. Yeah, uh, but they found it. They dug it up. That's true. They, they dug it up that's and right. made a documentary out of it. And um, hey, I loved going over to my homeboy Rich's house and spending nights and days playing Atari. It was great. But we grew up, folks. Mm -hmm. We grew up. I know we're badass Gen Xers, but we grew up. All right? Yeah, so now you've got your, your 4K Xbox. and That's your, right. Yeah, so, but for those out there who do feel, or maybe never really progressed as gamers past the 2602, there's some people That's who like it. It's a you very know, good point. I have reached my pinnacle, and this is all on a game. Understood. Yep, that but, you make uh, a very good point. Very good point. But for those people, though, they could be very happy with this. I'm sure they, you know, I don't mean to dissuade anyone. I'm just an old, jaded gamer, mm -hmm. so don't listen to me, okay? Yeah, you're going to go crack some Valkyries now. <laughs> crusty curmudgeonly gamer am i yeah so so that was uh just a, a quick stroll through the headlines you know there's all kinds of others you know x continues to deteriorate oh, and blue sky please. continues to spawn people who hey i've got a free invitation to blue sky and uh yeah you know what if you got an invitation send me one people if anyone's listening to this send me one i gotta get on that yeah, and I, I haven't been you know i can't say the term but I haven't been bleep posting in a while, so I need to bleep post. Okay. Yeah, well, and, and it seems like Threads has stalled. They, they finally got a desktop client, I guess, for the people who couldn't figure out mobile or didn't want to do mobile. Right. I don't know if Threads is continuing to be a threat. You don't hear about Mastodon so much. Blue Sky is the yeah. one that I'm hearing. And Everyone's got Blue Sky. Hey, I'm going to try it. If anyone's got an invitation, send it on over. Pedro at headstepper.com. Okay. Yes, and you can probably see all the same friends that you had on Twitter because they have, or X, excuse me. Twitter. X. It's always uh, Twitter. It's Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, dead bird, yeah. So. Twitter and Facebook. We're not changing. I'm not mm -hmm. changing. That's too yeah. much. Yeah, because even though you hate nostalgia, you also yeah. hate, you know, all this marketing so stuff. I hate stupid name changes. And X, it's like a 13-year-old name that. My 13-year-old boy thinks it's cool that it's called X. That's all you need to know. Mm -hmm. That's all you need to know. He ain't going to join because he thinks it's dumb, but yeah. he likes the name. But he likes the name and the way they distress the icon. Exactly. Exactly. A little bit. So, yeah, all right. So no, so no meta for you, no X. But yeah, so, so it's your relatively 
quiet week in the tech world, I think. It's, yeah, it's, it's the end of the August. The end of summer. Yeah. People are sort of thinking about Labor Day's coming up. And then I know in New York, there is a big push for people to really this time for real return to office a few days a week. Oh, Some boy. tech companies are cracking down even more. So, are you going uh, back in the office? Been going back two, three days a week for the past year. Just yeah, don't because I knew don't it was say inevitably. Where. Don't say where. Remember, yeah, yeah, unnamed, uh, unnamed large news large organization. Um, yes, just to because it was going to happen eventually, and to get in the rhythm. And I like the office. I like seeing people. I don't like seeing them all the time, as no one does. But yeah. but it's good. I'm worried about the social skills atrophying, and some things are just easier to do in the office. If you have to print out a ream of paper, of or course. if you need to get physical objects for your work. Right, or um, if you need proofs and stuff like yeah. that. I, of course, have never missed a day here at Headstepper Tower. Mm-hmm. Not one. Uh, not one here at the Octagon. You have a perfect attendance record. At the Headstepper Octagon. Is that the one with the jet helicopter platform yes, up at the course. top of the tower? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. retractable. You know, I got a little button right here next to my desk. Yeah. Yeah. And those giant speakers that'll boom oh, out yeah, over the absolutely. river. Absolutely, yeah. because I always have to have my theme music play whenever I catch the helicopter. Mm-hmm. We should all have theme music. I always love that about wrestling. You know, it, wouldn't it be cool if you just had your own theme music anytime you walked in a place? Yeah, it would just follow you. Just follow you. I, I, we have to get that. We have to start doing that. Mine would probably be a cluck old hen or some kind of banjo thing. <laughs> On that note, I think we should say goodbye to our yes. listeners. Yes, thank you run for them off. Yes, th- thank you for putting up with us for yet yes, another episode, thank listeners. Thank you very much. We hope everyone out there is doing well and had a good end of whatever season it is for you, summer and or winter. And I guess we'll be back in a couple of weeks, right? And uh, you know, ha- have some more things to talk about. So until and if then, you're here in the U.S., enjoy your Labor Day. Don't eat too much. Don't burn yourself on the beach. Yes, and enjoy that glorious, blissful day off. Yes, indeed. Um, And so until next time, I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. Remember, send me that Blue Sky link. Send me an invitation, folks. 